Why do we work hard to solve small problems? Why do we reinvent ourselves and our clients over and over? And why are we giving away marketing strategy for free? It's time to bring home bigger paychecks. It's time to create the lifestyle we deserve and to make a greater impact. This is the Fractional CMO Show, and I'm Casey Stanton. Join me as we explore this growing industry and learn to solve bigger problems. Hey, it's Casey, and welcome back to another episode of the Fractional CMO Show. Today, I want to talk about the talent that you need and where to find that talent. Talent being the people uh, that are going to get the work done as a fractional CMO. So remember, if you're the chief marketing officer of a company, it makes sense that you're not the person writing the emails. It makes sense that you're not the person setting up the CRM, right? You're not the person doing the migration to, uh, un- uh, from Universal Analytics to GA4. That's not your role as the CMO. Your role is to look around the corner, see what's coming, and make sure people are in the right positions, working on the right thing, that they're doing that labor. So you're only as successful as you are Um, able to surround yourself with good laborers, good people that are willing to do the work. And um, there's just like a lot of thoughts I have around this. So I wanted to share them with you. So first of all, let's talk about what's the basic kind of help that you need. And all help starts with a marketing technician. If you work as a fractional CMO or a CMO or an interim CMO or part-time or whatever, you need to have someone who's working like full-time for that company who is the marketing technician. Now, what's a marketing technician? It's the person who's going to do the work to get started. I like the term marketing technician. It's a term that I coined around this to describe the person who's just going to do the labor. Uh, What's the job description of the marketing technician? Well, they're just going to like kind of do what I ask them to do. Some of it is going to be researching tools. Others are going to be signing up and integrating tools, learning how to set up some zaps, maybe um, kind of like whatever's necessary. And, this is the minimum that you need in a company. There's a lot more, you know, depending on how big the company is that you're working with. But let's just start off with like the bare minimum. If you're going to be a fractional CMO, you must have a marketing technician. And preferably that technician is available 40 hours a week. Why? Again, because you shouldn't be the one doing the work because then you're just stepping out of the strategy role and you're devaluing yourself. And second, you really want to have some leverage. You want to say, here's a big idea in a week. I want this done. And you want someone to like spend all week working on it. That way you can get stuff done. Now, it's way better to have 10 people as your direct reports or 15 direct reports that are of all different disciplines working to support you as the CMO or fractional CMO. But at a minimum, you need a marketing technician. If you step into an organization and they say, yeah, I don't like we don't really have the budget for anything besides you. Well, then what they're going to get is a strategy. I heard this once. It's called um, strategic plans on high shelves, spots, on top shelves. Strategic plans on top shelves. That's what it is, spots. I don't know where that idea comes from, but it's this idea that like too many companies pay for a strategic plan to be built so that they can just put it on a shelf, right? That's not what you want. You don't want to put your name on that. That's like there's no reputation in building a strategic plan that no one deploys. So you only want to work with companies that have the budget to hire people to get stuff done. All right, so the first person that you're going to need is a marketing technician. And where do you find them? One of two places, right? You want them to be local or you don't care. You first have to answer that question. Does it matter if they're local or do you just not care? I worked uh, with an organization as their fractional CMO and they needed an in-person marketing tech. So we found one and it was, you know, like a little more difficult to find someone local. 
especially if you're in a weird geography. Like if you're like, hey, we're only hiring people on Long Island. It's like, actually, that's not a huge market to hire from. It's very different than hiring globally or hiring only in the U.S. or only in Canada or wherever you are. So just choose first if that person has to be local or not. If they have to be local, you might pay a little bit more for it, right? Just, just know that. So with this marketing technician, let's say they're local. Maybe you fly the ad post on uh, Indeed or another website like that. Maybe there's a local hiring group. Maybe there's a university and you can pull someone fresh out of college there. Um, you know, the marketing tech role is not a very mature role in marketing, what I like about the marketing tech role is if you find the right person, they're a good culture fit, they're hungry, they're willing to do the work and learn and be self-directed, right? You say, hey, here's a big outcome in a week I want it done. And they're like going to go figure it out and not ask you every day, like, what do I do next? If you find that person, that person can certainly mature into a more mature role in the company over time. They can ultimately, let's say, become the marketing director. They could be your, like the one person that you really interface with if you continue to work with this client for years, and then they below them manage more people. So finding someone junior, enjoying maybe the discounted price for that person, and also appreciating that, you know, they don't have the skills immediately and things will move slower, that might be a route for you to go. Another route is to hire someone who is experienced. Someone who knows the work, knows the platform, maybe there's already a CRM, maybe this company has... Um, you know, a, a significant sales team, significant product. They're doing a couple million dollars a year or more in, in sales. And they want to add a role in marketing. They might hire someone that's a little bit more experienced. That's cool too. There's this weird thing that happens when you want to hire someone, which is the people that are available to be hired are oftentimes not the people you want to hire, right? Don't you want to hire someone who's got a great job and you want to give them a better opportunity? So in your mind, you should like kind of always be open to hiring someone. You should always be open to like saying like, ooh, you're great. I'd like to have you on my team. I'd like to work with you sometime. You work with a vendor, like a technology vendor, and you talk to an account executive and the person does a really great job. And you're like, hey, are you open to any other opportunities? Let me know. I'd, I'd be happy to introduce you to my client. They're hiring. Like those kind of things, right? You're always kind of like looking for people to bring in. You're always trying to like build the team kind of in all ways you're looking to grow. Okay, so marketing technicians, your first one, and you got to choose if they're going to be in-house or, or excuse me, in-person or if they're going to be uh, remote. If they're going to be remote, again, indeed, it's a fine place to go. You should anticipate it's going to take you, I don't know, 45 days or more to hire a person, like to actually have them hired and start work 45 days at a minimum. Because you got to write the job post, get it posted, review the candidates, do interviews, do a series of interviews, make an offer, then they probably have to put in their two-week notice because hopefully they're, I mean, likely they're already employed if they're decent. Um, so 45 days is, is, a, is a good kind of heuristic to use around hiring. So that's your marketing tech. Full-time employee versus contractor, you know, that's a conversation for you to have with your client as you serve them, what makes the most sense. Uh, personally, I like a marketing technician to be a full-time employee. Just like get that person locked in. Make this their one and only. There's something to be said about getting the team to be full-time. There's just a different way that they approach things when they're full-time. You know how you feel if you have multiple clients, right? You have to like split your time and focus on different clients. And there's boundaries that you have there and you have to be mature about it. Versus if you only had one client as your full-time employer, you would just show up a little differently, right? And then this is an aside, but as a fractional CMO, you'll make more money having multiple clients 
And you have to be able to establish and assert your boundaries, hold your boundaries. Right? So for some of us, that's you know, a little bit of work. We have room to grow there. Okay, let's get back to hiring. Who else do you need? Well, I like to think of like the tactics. So what tactics do we have? Well, a tactic is like SEO and PPC, CRO, right? Search engine optimization, pay-per-click marketing, and conversion rate optimization. Those are three tacticians. In those three, I kind of don't want to pull someone in who's junior. Maybe that marketing tech could get started for the first quarter doing some basics around SEO, right? They could get some content written and maybe they're leveraging GPT or maybe they're leveraging writer access or another platform to get content written. They hire a content writer to get their website kind of inflated with high quality content. Okay, they could do that for the first quarter, but if you want a real SEO outcome, like to rank for an important keyword, you got to hire someone who knows that stuff. And oftentimes, it's just not worth it to hire that person full-time in-house. So I like to hire SEO vendors um, as uh, contractors or as agencies. Same with PPC. Even if your budget's really sizable, even if you're doing tens of thousands of dollars a day in ad spend, I just want someone who's doing more than that. Like, I would rather work with the person who's spending $100,000 a day, and our budget is only 10000 of that. Because I just get so much more insight from them. They understand the macro market in a different way. They often have better processes too. I like seeing PPC folks as agencies. And they're hard to find. Uh, If you can find a great agency, it's awesome. Where do you find those? I would just go look at the places where agencies go to get smarter. A great one is Justin Brooks Ad Skills. Go to Ad Skills and um, you can find uh, ad teams there. There's also Ad Leaks and you know, other training companies like that. There's plenty of them. So you can go there. Some of them have matchmaking services uh, for you to find talent. SEO, what do you do for that? Um, you know, it's, it's tough to find reputable, high-quality SEO people who can continue supporting you year after year. Oftentimes, they can come in and make some improvements immediately, but do they have the staying power for year after year? So you just have to, you know, Consider all of that as you're managing them, making sure that you're pushing their outcomes greater and greater every quarter and that they're able to achieve them. Conversion rate optimization, that is an important role. Oftentimes, it's the single role that can create the most outsized value. Why? Because a simple split test on a web form could double sign up. So instead of doubling your ad budget, you could just double the conversion rate of your form that your ads drive to, right? Pretty cool. CRO, finding someone who's experienced in that, probably a good move. You know, you could hire someone to, to be full-time and they could split their time between PPC and CRO. Yeah, that's possible. But one of the things I like about this model of being a fractional CMO is I just hire the best people to do the job. And I only hire them for a few hours, five hours a month, 10 hours a month, whatever it takes. You know, CRO isn't necessarily the, a very complex process once it's rolling, you just ideate 50 tests in an hour or you know, over the course of a couple hours, and then it takes a month or two or three or four months to roll out all those tests and find winners. So all the person does is just kind of like set up the experiment, hit start, and keep their eye on it. So I like CRO people that are experienced, that are running a bunch of other tests. They have new ideas. They're bringing ideas to me. I like to hire a CRO like that. Then you have tech. What do you do on the tech side of marketing, like the technology side? So CRM management, maybe they're running a bunch of zaps or they're using some other tool um, to sync data. Uh, Maybe you need to get some API calls. 
estab- you know, some a- some APIs uh, linked into your CRM or whatever the thing is. Like you might need something that's a little more technical. I'm on the fence with this one, depending on the size of the company. Ultimately, I want the person full-time. That's just ultimately what I want. Um, developers are interesting because uh, you can hire a developer who isn't a native speaker of your language, and they can still be a great developer. So you can enjoy some discounted rates on that if you find someone offshore. That's a potential. But ultimately, you just want to build a relationship with the developer, and you want them to be focused on your company and building. If they're building and also prospecting to win new business as a freelancer, I don't know. I just don't love it. They just tend to be a little too split-focused. So where do you find a developer? Upwork. Man, Upwork. Upwork for everything. (laughs) Upwork literally for everything. What do you need? It's on Upwork. You just got to be good at finding stuff on Upwork. I love Upwork. So you can find a local developer, though I don't think... And like, unless you want the person in, in your office, um, if you have like a marketing kind of systems administrator, developer, you want that person just to be good. I, I don't care if they're in the office or not, typically. I can't think of any time where I cared, except working when I was the fractional CMO for an organization, and they had um, folks who were in an office, and they needed someone technical to kind of help them occasionally. Like, oh, I can't get the printer to work. So this person was hired to really like maintain the CRM and the technology and ensure syncing and pull together dashboard views and that kind of stuff. And occasionally they would go help you know, one of the team members with the printer. You might say that's kind of silly, and it was kind of silly, but it also didn't make sense to hire a full-time person to do kind of that tech stuff. And these you know, other employees just like for some reason had a mental block on <laughs> how to use a printer. Right? It takes all kinds to grow a business. So... Um, I personally have always enjoyed a remote tech person outside of that one instance that I can think of. So you're going to find that person on Upwork, any hack for Upwork that I have, here's what the hacks are. Open up your job post to the, to be worldwide. Um, you know, set your budget as whatever you feel like is acceptable. Uh, pay people a living wage, like pay them, pay them well. You know, if, uh, Upwork says their range is 20 to $30 an hour, pay people 30 bucks an hour. Like, you're just going to get a better person. Maybe even pay them a little bit more if you want. Uh, that's, you know, it's like in the end, it'll cost you an extra 1000 or 2000 or $3,000 a year. But you're going to get someone who's more committed because they're getting a really great rate with you. I just don't nickel and dime people on, on their pay. The next thing is to ensure the person has a 90% or above success rate. That's really important. I want people who are successful. And I also want someone who's made over $1,000 on Upwork. I don't want someone working at an agency on Upwork, typically. Typically, in, in very few situations, um, have I hired people from agencies on Upwork. I really just want like a single person who's willing to do the work, and, and they're, um, they're, they're like self-employed. So if you can go get that person, bring them in for a date, you know, do a couple hours with them, do a small project, pay them their rate for that project, or give them a flat fee for that project, and then at the end of it, evaluate if they're good or not, and if you want to move forward with them. It's just a really nice way to try before you buy, kind of. And then my preference is that ultimately you get that person full-time. I just think it's a better move for you. Their focus is then exclusively on your client's business. And you're hiring all of these people for your client. Like the contract is between the worker and your client, and you merely are kind of uh, in the middle uh, as the CMO. So that's just like a high level of some of the roles. There's plenty more roles in an organization, like a partnership manager, like a marketing director, like a graphic designer, you know, all those types of people. But the general ethos kind of stays the same. The idea here is that you identify what you need, 
You fly a flag to get people, you interview them, you give them a test, you pay them for the test, you take the best person, and you have them for like the next, let's say, 30, 60, 90 days on a trial. And if they're successful in the trial, then you move forward on a longer-term contract. Uh, it's also important as you you know, enroll new folks in the team that you limit their access. Um, I have a podcast episode about this, but it's this idea of establishing a zero trust environment. The idea there is like, don't, you don't want to live in a world where you have to trust people. You just kind of want it to be trustless as in they only have access to the thing they have access to. Like if you think, um, uh, when people work on like secret material, like for the government, they only have a small slice that if that information got out, it was not enough to actually describe what they're doing. Right. So they only have access to the leads, but they don't have access to the customer database or they only have access, read only access to finance, but they don't have right access or access to change the, um, uh, bank account that the money goes into, or they have access to um, only customers but no leads, or only a certain type of customer, or whatever. You want to limit their visibility. You want to limit the passwords that they have access to. All passwords should be alphanumeric with characters. You should use a tool for that, like One Password. That's what I recommend. That's what our team uses. One uh, Password's great. We were previously on LastPass, and then the whole kerfuffle happened with them in late 2022, and I lost trust in them. So One Password is where we've moved. And I recommend you moving to One Password or Keeper or Bitwarden or whatever tool you choose to use. But um, you should enforce all of your clients to use that too, so that when you hire new people, you can easily pass them new passwords or you know give them credentials and then revoke those credentials if needed. All really important stuff as you think through the safety and security of your clients and, and their business. So you got to hire people and you got to know where to find them. Upwork is a bit of a panacea. It is kind of the solution for all the hires that you might potentially want, except, I mean, maybe in person is a little harder to find on Upwork. Maybe Indeed's a better place for you. If you had just two places to find folks, Upwork and Indeed. But then you can fracture your searches into different um, industries and niches. So maybe you want to hire a content writer. Well, there's a content writer Slack group. It's called Superpath. I don't know why it's called Superpath, but superpath.co, you go on there, you can get on their uh, Slack, and all the content writers are there. And you can pay to post a job post there. You're going to get in front of legitimate content writers, content managers for uh, Fortune 5000 companies. Might be a really cool place to go. So you can start thinking more specifically, oh, I want to get a designer, I should go on this type of website to find them, Um, that kind of thing. You know, Maybe you want to find a Filipino designer, to save some cash, um, so you might go on onlinejobs.ph. You know, that's a website that you can choose. There's like a bunch of places to find people, but really, if you want just the one solution to get most of your uh, hires, I, I really just love Upwork for it. So that's a way to think through some of this hiring. And ultimately, you want to hire people that you can give big outcomes to and then give them a timeline, have them agree to it, and then expect that completed by that timeline. That's the beautiful thing. I don't want to live in a world where I have to tell people what to do every day. I just want to tell them every quarter what I expect the outcome to be. I oversee them in breaking down that quarter into two-week sprints. And then every week or every day, check in with everyone in a stand-up to ensure that they're all on track. It's a beautiful thing to watch people kind of stand up for themselves, work hard, deliver a great product or service, grow professionally, grow personally, and then you're, you know, by default, working less and having higher leverage. So it's an awesome process, and if you're considering being a fractional CMO and you want help doing it, that's what we do. That's CMOX Accelerator. 
You can book a call with my team direct at cmox.co slash call, cmox.co slash call. Go ahead and book a time in with us and we'll see if we can help you. See if we can help you win clients that pay you $3,000, $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 a month or more. All right? All right. I hope you're well. Take care. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information and episodes, visit our site at fractionalcmoshow.com. Go ahead and punch that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot, at least to my mom. 